What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. J.J. Watt has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. How about that? Nobody, and I mean nobody, had the Arizona Cardinals on their list. It's my second favorite team behind the Dallas Cowboys, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals have some promise, though. In terms of J.J. Watt, he'll play as long as he wants to play and as long as he can play at a competitive level. But who knows? This, This really elevates the Cardinals. This is the Rod Peterson Show. And welcome to the second half kickoff, everybody. It's hour two of the RP Show across all 10 provinces and 31 states on the Game Plus TV network. John Frenzy's here. His appearances are brought to you by Wheaton Kia. You see that lovely golf shirt that he's got on? And he's the perennial rock star of the day, although the microphone's blocking the Wheaton Kia thing. How are you doing, Frenzy? Good, real good. Good. I'm going to get into more CFL stuff with him. We've got Justin Dunk coming up in moments. As I mentioned, Wheaton Kia brings you the John Frenzy appearances every Friday. Wheaton Kia can be found in North Regina at the corner of Albert and Avonhurst. Before I re-up the quick six show topics and bring in Justin Dunk, a few comments from the viewers here. Um, Stereo and the Stove. It's a podcast out of Saskatoon. They say, how good of a commission was Tom Wright in retrospect? A return to the CFL might be what's in order to revive the league. Um, I think that's a waste of time to even debate that. He was a tremendous commissioner. For whatever reason, he left. We have a commissioner, and I think he's a good one. Let's let's get back on the field and not worry about who the commission is. Well, apparently there's five things that have to happen. There's five different scenarios. Five scenarios out there. One of them has to happen. We're going to go ahead with football. Uh, Right. Wayne Grolo says, that's one of the reasons I love the show, Rod. It's heartening to see you diss Calgary. That's from Wayne in Victoria. You've got to realize, and Lynch, most people know this. I love Calgary. I went to college in Calgary. I almost moved to Calgary, Lynch. How many times? Three. Yeah, three times. He knows better than me. It's my surrogate father over here. (laughs) I love Calgary. It's beautiful. i got tons of friends and family there. We all get a real kick out of this needling Calgary thing. 
They just take it too far. They think I'm serious. Anyways, the uh, quick six. Can you hit them again, please, Director Jordan? Just some of the things we've been talking about today. I'm laughing now. Not laughing, but I'm smiling about the life of Chris Schultz. I've had the tears have flowed, okay, over the last 12 to 14 hours since. Justin Duncan informed me last night, I'll be honest, of Chris Schultz passing away. There he is. I took that photo of him out front of the Sheridan in Hamilton. We had just had breakfast that day. He's a very close friend of mine. We speak the same language. And that smile on his face is how we should all remember Chris Schultz because in the last year of his life, we've talked a lot. I just talked to him on Tuesday. He's happy, very happy and healthy. It was a heart attack, killed the man at 61 years old. He's 6'8", 300 pounds. That's a lot of stress on a heart. But Schultz, had a big one and a tremendous legacy, and he has accomplished everything he wanted to do in life. Yeah, gone too soon at 61, but no regrets with the big man. Walter Gretzky, can we show that one? Walter Gretzky passing at the age of 82. Knew Walter as well. Not as well as Schultze, obviously, but did events with him. Just a great... Ho- Canada's hockey dad. Lynch, you ever meet him? No, didn't. You didn't, eh? No. I thought you might have crossed paths somewhere. No. Walter Gretzky passing. It's been a tough 24 hours for Canadian sports. Uh, our other show topics, NHL leftovers from last night. I'm not going to delve too far into those because this is a Flame Tech Football Friday. But it includes Daryl Sutter replacing Jeff Ward as head coach of the Calgary Flames. That's our poll question today, by the way. I should check and see what the update is on that. Do you think Daryl Sutter will make the Flames a contender? What are they saying on Facebook, guys? For Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Uh, what are they saying? 54% say no. On Facebook, yet on Twitter, 55% say yes. Average amount, it's around 50-50. And then CFL, NFL notes was our fourth point. Our fifth, the Tigers beat the Blue Jays 8-2 in spring training Thursday. The Jays are 2-2-1 in Grapefruit Baseball. They play the Orioles today in a matinee in point six. The Briar begins tonight. I'm going to run through the draw on our curling report a little later on for Verge Agriculture. But right on cue, oh, we've lost him. Did he get up and leave, or did did we lose the feet? Ah, lost his audio, they tell me. So we will be bringing Justin Dunk in as soon as we get it. Um, Hey, from IKS Media and Technology, that must be Paul. He says, morning team, John is in fine form. Are you in fine form today, Lynch? I certainly am. Yes, you are. You always are. Best fun I've been in a long time. Hey, so when I said we're going to find something about the CFL, people are saying, if the CFL folds, will the XFL take over? Well, you're saying you are just talking to Tillman the other day, and he said that he thinks the CFL is going to play? Yep. With some knowledge. And, and, and I'm starting to think so, too, but what did Tillman say about it? He thinks they're going to play. They Based on play, what? They want to play, or they're going to play. And, uh, and he thinks they'll start on July the 10th, July 16th, or June 16th, and they're supposed to start with the Rough Riders in Edmonton. And a week later, Hamilton is here. He thinks they're going to do it. They're determined to do it. They wanted to do it, so... Uh, I guess it's good. time will tell. I'm just saying it's, what, eight weeks away now from the season, from training camp. So it's gotta, they've got to get more organized pretty, yeah. pretty soon, I think. Uh, we don't know what they're doing. I guess they think they're doing something. I know they're working hard. They are working hard trying to finalize something. I don't know what the thing they're trying to finalize is, but they're looking at different Well, a lot of it is out of their hands, I think. Yeah. But let's bring in Justin Dunk.
and see what the CFL's foremost insider has to say. And Justin, let's start with the biggest news in the Canadian Football League, and that is the passing of Chris Schultz. You're in the Hamilton area. He lived in Burlington. Big news. Um, what's the reaction out there today? Very sad day across the region. The GTHA, we call it out here, Roddy, and you mentioned it. I heard it last night, and it was news that you don't want to believe, to be quite honest. There was an emergency call and a response to it, and unfortunately, the worst was revealed. But I remember Schultze for years, obviously, on the TSN panel and on the fan radio in Toronto. I used to listen to Football Friday, and it's interesting. You guys obviously have kept it going there now too in a big way but with him and mike hogan that was appointment listening when i was a kid growing up out on the farm in guelph with my radio tuning in trying to get it on that right spot so i could hear it nice and clear well i know you know i I talked to hoagie this morning and uh he gave schultz his broadcast start there's some legendary stories there maybe we should bring hoagie in next week and he can tell some of them but i'll say i've never told hoagie this but i'll just say it now on national tv best radio host toronto's ever had Mike Hogan, and that includes Bob McGowan. Man, I love those football Fridays just like you. He broke uh, Schultz in. Anything else you want to say on the big man? Just loved, man, to be quite honest. Rest in peace. He was a bigger-than-life figure. He drew me into the game. I wanted to watch the broadcast just to see what Schultz had to say or his coverage of the NFL with risky business. You could tell such a passion for the game. Leaves a big hole, man. Prayers up. Oh, yeah. The one, oh, yeah, that will not be, uh, <laughs> he's not going to be replaced. There's no doubt about that. So, other th- uh, three down news, uh, Justin. I mean, Lynch, I got Lynch on to three down, by the way. It's in his bookmarks. It's only taken three years. <laughs> but, great, Lynch, Justin. what do you think about threedownnation.com, Lynch? Why don't you it's, ask him the question? It's great. It's great. Uh, the, the news you have there is very current. I think it's just terrific, really. Where do you think now we are as regards starting here on on June 25th. Do you think it's going to happen? Everything's so fluid, man. But to be quite honest, the Oilers pushing to have fans at Rogers Place makes me even more optimistic about a season. Now, I don't know if they can actually start in June. A lot of that is going to be dictated, as you all know, Frenzy, based on how many fans they can get in the stands. But the Oilers making that push to potentially they want to get fans in there in April. Whether or not that's signed off on from the Alberta Health Services is a different thing. But the Edmonton football team has been watching closely. And if you're going to put fans in an indoor facility, obviously that would lay the foundation to have them in outdoor facilities. So we're trending in a positive direction here. I can't give you a direct answer, though, as to if we'll start on time. Okay, what about the league now? I've Eric Talman is agreeing with me that the West is going to be exceptionally Tough, I think. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and, and possibly Calgary. BC, I don't know about them. Down east, I see one team. That's the uh, Hamilton Ticats. The rest of them are very questionable, particularly the Red Blacks and in Montreal. Now, am I wrong? What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to pull it all together? I'm sort of with you. I think the Toronto Argonauts are certainly going to be a contender. And the developing story there to watch, guys, is Josh Gordon, released by the Seattle Seahawks, is on the Argos negotiation list. And if you follow the past, Josh Gordon was on the neg list in Calgary. John Murphy was there. Josh Gordon was on the neg list in Saskatchewan. John Murphy was there. And again, John Murphy in Toronto. Guess who's on the negotiation list? Josh Gordon. So there's a longstanding relationship there. And the fact he's been released by the Seahawks 
and is willing to play in the fan-controlled football league makes me think that he can come north of the border to give the Argos yet another weapon. Although for Toronto, that's a lot of parts coming together in year one, which as you alluded to, friends, it makes sense. The Ticats are big-time favorites in the East. Justin, I'm glad you brought up the fan-controlled football league. I've watched every week, and I saw Josh Gordon get out of a car. Maybe you saw that video in Atlanta with his mask on. He showed up, right, at Hotel Hub headquarters in Atlanta. I didn't realize he was still on the Seahawks roster or was under contract to them. Obviously, he just walked out. He's like, I'm going to go play in this league down there. What are the chances he stays there rather than coming to the CFL? Well, I don't think the money's going to be the same down in that league unless they're paying those guys like a Johnny Menzel or a Josh Gordon for their star power, right? We've got to see if that has staying power. He knows if he comes up to Canada, he can make legit money. Whether or not he gets that on the first contract or not is to be seen because a lot of the deals they've been giving out to these former NFLers are minimum salary deals. Gordon, I think, would be a little different and would command more money because of his star power. And, oh, hey, by the way, Gordon, you can come up here and smoke all the marijuana you want and play because it's legal. So let's get him up on the field. The guys just broke out laughing in the control room here, but it honestly is true. He would so, be sensational in this league. He would be he'd be sensational in any league, but yeah. he can't lay off the weed. Yeah. He should be in the NFL. Certainly. So Anyways, I guess we'll see where it turns out. By the way, how much are you enjoying the angst across the CFL at the Argos signings, by the way? Because they probably will end up with Josh Gordon. Why not? I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. How about you? It's great. Anytime you can elicit a feeling, good, bad, or otherwise, and people, Roddy, you know well from your talk shows over the years, that's when you really hit on something. So the fact that the Argos are signing all of these players and people are wondering, well, how are they going to be under the salary cap? Let's go over it real quickly in broad strokes. The active roster is not your off-season roster. It's 46 players, I believe, and you get down to game day, it might even be a few less. Yes, you have the injured list, but the six-game injured list doesn't even count. So by the time you pare it all down, the Argos will be under the cap. I've been told that they're actually under where they were from the previous season when we actually played in 2019 going into that year when Jim Pop was a general manager. You look at Nick Arbuckle's contract, for example, and I'll have a piece up on 3Down Nation over the weekend that details every salary and breaks it down for the projected number one quarterbacks across the league. Nick Arbuckle is projected to make less than $300,000 in what we'll call hard money. He can earn up to three twenty-five, dollars and it's likely if he starts, he gets that much. But that's part of the reason why the Argos can sign all of these guys. And I mentioned it before, but it needs to be said again, Roddy. The Americans that are signing up here, the former NFLers, Martavis Bryant, Shane Ray among them, are signing minimum salary contracts with no signing bonus. I forgot they were preempted for Swiss League hockey here on Game Plus at quarter to the hour, so I got to speed up. Only got about a minute here. Uh, the last thing I talked to Chris Schultz about, he texted me and said he was going live on Clubhouse to talk about the future of football on his first live stream on Clubhouse. I'm like, who's got your phone, Schultzy? I was shocked that he was going to do this, right? But then I'm like, I got to tune in. I want to know what Chris Schultz has to say about the future of football. And I'm not sure that he ever did it, but it's a topic that everybody's talking about. And I'm talking football, I think, in Canada. Where do you think the future of this game is going right now amid the pandemic and coming out of it? 
Mm, well, in terms of the CFL, it's going through this financial reconstruction. And I understand what Ambrose is talking about when he's saying they've done more for the business over the last 50 years or what he's trying to get at. But they've just slashed, slashed, slashed. So I think what's happening with football across the country is we're really getting down to the foundation and seeing what do we need? Do we have too much of something? And can we get it back up off the mat from 2020? Justin, great stuff as always. Really appreciate the time today. Keep it up at 3downnation.com. And, uh, yeah, stay in touch. Have a great weekend. You bet, guys. And, again, prayers up to Schultze. You betcha. And condolences to his family. And, uh, obviously, the CFL mourning today the passing of Chris Schultz at age 61. We'll pause. This is the second half kickoff. The curling report's coming up as the Briars starts tonight. More football talk. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network. Across all 10 provinces and 31 states. You got time, Lynch. You're still good. No, no, I'm just having a drink of water. All right. YouTube and Facebook Live. And uh, 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service. Car wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for The Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because (laughs) I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. <sighs> don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming. And your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also <laughs> comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. <laughs> nick yourself. Yes. And you're bleeding. Doesn't happen because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So, What more do you want to know when you... When you use the Lawnmower 3.0, you use the anti-shaving cream, you leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with a promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday and time for the Verge Agriculture Curling Report here on the RP Show. Brad Gushu won his first Canadian Men's Curling Championship in a sold-out hometown venue that erupted in joy after his game-winning throw. The three-time champion will try to win another Tim Hortons Briar title in an arena setting that will be the complete opposite. Play begins tonight in a spectator-free Mark and McPhail Center as elite men's domestic curling returns after a long absence due to the pandemic. 
The Scotties provided a successful kickoff to a run of six straight Bonspiels at Canada Olympic Park. Now the Briar takes center stage as 18 teams, many of them competing for the first time in months, square off for the right to hoist the tankard. The preliminary round will continue through March 11th. The top eight teams will qualify for the two-day championship round. The top three teams will advance to the playoffs on March 14th. The second and third place teams will meet in an afternoon semifinal with a winner to face the first place side in the primetime final. It's been four years since Gushu won his first briar in front of a euphoric crowd in St. John's, Newfoundland. He beat Alberta's Brendan Botcher last year in Kingston, Ontario. The Canadian skip is listed as an early 2.35 to 1 favorite to repeat just ahead of Northern Ontario's Brad Jacobs, wildcard entry Kevin Cooey, and Botcher. Like many ranks at the recent Scotties, most Briar teams were invited by their respective associations to play after the cancellation of annual playdowns due to the pandemic. There is no play-in game this year. Ontario's Glenn Howard, Cooey's Alberta-based team, and Mike McEwen's rink from Manitoba are the wild card entries. Draw one tonight. You can watch on TSN. That is the curling report for Verge Agriculture, helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Try out their software for free today. Visit vergeag.com to learn more. I should add uh, Kevin Cooey attempting to win a record fifth briar title as skip in this briar. He shares uh, currently with Ernie Richardson, Randy Furby, and Kevin Martin. Cooey's uh, headliner in Pool B, along with Gushu, Ontario's John Epping, and Saskatchewan's Matt Dunstone, who finished third last year in Kingston. Uh, here we go, John Frenzy. The Jug is watching in Saskatoon. He says, hey, Roddy, ask Frenzy, are his coffee buddies ready for D- Ron Dugay next week? <laughs> Will they be tuning in? He was less impressed that we're having Ron Dugay on. He's upset that we have not asked Ron Greshner to come on just yet, the former New York Rangers captain from Good Soil, Saskatchewan. Dugay's a sore subject with Lynch. Greg Clevgard, viewer, says it doesn't matter who is the commissioner of the CFL. Their hands are tied to how they handle it. With no fans in the stands, it's going to be hard to make it a go. Just as fans, Lynch, were somewhat tied up in knots regarding the CFL, right? Like whether it's going to play or not. Oh, Can sure you imagine you being in the league right now? Oh, yeah. It'd Trying to plan for it? Yeah. It'd be tough. Uh, it's going to be an interesting two months. Who's kidding ourselves? They're going to start oh, at middle of May, May 15th training camp. So, man, let's hope. Let's hope. And they want to have 100 players. What, in training camp? Yeah. There's no way. This is what you're hearing? Yeah. Metal Shingle Guy writes in on the Prairie Mobile text line. You can reach us at 306-840-8777. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SAS Tel Mobility dealer. Metal Shingle Guy says, no fans, no CFL, John. He goes on to say, the Argos were over the cap last year. They played. They're the only team in the CFL. No fine. Yeah, well, that's right. the way the CFL does business... I don't think they ever really explain why the Argos weren't fined for going over the salary cap, now that I think about it. There's a lot of things the CFL does that doesn't make them look very good in that regard. I hope all of that changes whenever the CFL comes back. Well, I Bending hope. the rules, you know, do you think they'll change? 
Yeah, I think they will. I mean, they've got five different scenarios there, and I hope that one of them must be good enough to put in place and be successful. Wouldn't you think that they're successful businessmen putting the scenarios together? So you've got to hope and think that their record of success in some areas in the past has got to get up to, the, to come up again and so they can get together and put something out there so we can go and do it. And it might be, probably, it's going to be, well, they are going to play but it's going to be on Labor Day, starting Labor Day with a 10-game schedule, ending in December with the playoffs in December, and the Great Cup three days before Christmas. That's <laughs> got to be an idea. Well, Larry and Medicine Hat's watching on this Flame Tech Football Friday, and he says, I wish the CFL would reveal the different scenarios, or is there only one? <laughs> I'm not sure it's the onus is on the Canadian Football League to reveal that information. I don't think the NHL, NBA... NFL revealed any different scenarios they were looking at. I don't think there's an obligation for the Canadian Football League to divulge to the fans or to us how they plan to do things. Now, the fact that I would think it seems like there's only one scenario, and that's playing with fans, period. That's what we keep hearing. I see no reason to think that that's not the case. I think you're right. I mean, and it is what it is. NFL did it. It's been, been successful. They're going to increase the number of fans in the stands next year. So uh, it can be done. Right? <laughs> well, can it? No, I'm laughing at this. Wayne in Victoria says, do you ever think that the riders would get away with going over the cap? <laughs> you know what? It depends on the commissioner. Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. Good comeback. Yeah, that's right. It depends who the commissioner is, whether he likes you or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it comes down to. That's the point. (laughs) Kohan find them. Yeah. Because in 2013, when they went over the salary cap, and I think it was $19,000, they got fined. Yeah. But I remember Jim Hobson saying at the time, it's a speeding ticket. Pay it. (laughs) And that, and Kohan loved the riders. But I think in the case, a lot of things have changed in the last year, obviously. You know, the person that told me that MLSC was basically running the CFL and would be taking over the CFL, I'm not so certain that's off the table yet. But that guy, who, by the way, was a former MLSC employee, said Ambrosi didn't want to find the Argos because he doesn't want to tick off MLSE. That makes sense, doesn't it, Lynch? Yep, sure does. From Jeff, the Stampeders fan, he says, it's cheating, plain and simple. It'll be the third or fourth time they've done it. So what? I I can remember four times going through the same thing since I've been following this team really in depth since 1969 that they've had a salary cap. and Everybody's going to stick to it. All the guys have agreed after the big meeting to set it up. They swear to it. They're going to stick to it. And they did for half a year. Then things change. And what changes that people get desperate. They want to have good players in the field. Well, so they know what they got to do to get good players. Pay big money, which goes over the salary cap. I know. You're right. And from our views here, interesting. Okay, okay. <laughs> we started viewer takeover real early. Yeah. And that's good because we're breaking away a quarter of the hour to go to Swiss League Hockey, Swiss Pro League Hockey. Do you know, did you know Justin Abel, Abdelkader is playing in that league? It's good hockey. We're breaking away a quarter, too. Jeff, the Stams fan, says, why should they get away with it? Who says they should get away with it? We're not advocating anybody should get away with it. They're supposed to be fined if they they go over. 
Uh, does this commissioner have much experience in this type of situation? He's got a lot of experience in the world, I'll tell you that, as a, as a way, and, and any lawyer I think he is. I would think he would have a lot of guts. He played. And he should be willing to, to find people to go yeah. over this. But I don't know. I'm if sorry. Wanna, I'm just I, trying to. I'm trying to squeeze in as many as I can before we break here. Randolph Zora says the whole league has to have a fundraising telethon. They could do that. I think there's got to be a reason why they haven't yet. And I think any league that holds a fundraiser would be surprised that they don't raise as much money as they expect to. Because I've seen that with leagues and teams here. Tell America last weekend raised over $5 million in this province. I think people are realizing life and death is one thing. Sports is a luxury. I'm hearing it all the time. And it's been for a guy that spent his whole life in sports, it's kind of hard to swallow and realize. We never had to deal with a pandemic before. And you were realizing in sports, it's not as important as we thought. Sheldon Lasham is watching in Calgary. He says, Roddy, your thoughts on the Flames going back to old Jolly Rancher, Daryl Sutter, a great coach. Hey, I think you should go back to the quick six show topics. We talked about it at length at the start of the show, but since you just joined us, I'll discuss it now. The hiring of Daryl Sutter will, number one for me, maybe make me like the Flames. At least stop hating them. Two, speaking with people in that organization, they feel this was not a move made by general manager Brad Tree Living. It came from higher up, where ownership thinks a lot of Daryl Sutter. The poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, do you think the addition of Daryl Sutter will make the Calgary Flames a Stanley Cup contender? The results are around 50-50. That contact of mine with Flames Connection says, Daryl will absolutely shrivel Johnny Gaudreau. He's going to be hard on these guys. But they love Daryl Sutter in Calgary. He's old school. I think it'll work. He's a winner. He hey. doesn't need the job more he, than anything. Remember, he's a winner. He's a winner. But the Flames organization historically has not been a winner. Nope. Sorry to say. They got a lot of problems to fix. They made a step in the right direction here. They really did. This guy's with, got guts. With Daryl Sutter and the Troika, where he's surrounded by Martin Jelena, and Craig Conroy. Today is a step in the right direction for the Calgary Flames with Daryl Sutter. So thank you for the question. That's my take there. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, Facebook and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. Welcome back, everybody. Sports update. The virus-depleted Raptors are getting a much-needed break following Thursday night's 132-125 loss in Boston to wrap up the first half of the NBA season. It's All-Star Weekend in Atlanta, and Toronto doesn't have any players participating in Sunday's game. Here you go. Creed Jones stopped 30 of 31 shots in the Ramuski Oceanic, upset the Val d'Or Fire 2-1 Thursday in Quebec Major Junior League play. Another Q bubble action, Remy Poirier stopped 32 shots, and Mannix Landry had a goal and a helper as the Olympic 
picked up their fourth straight win, beating Victoriaville 5-2. Francesco LaPena kicked out 35 shots. Maverick Lamoureux had three assists. And Drummondville used seven different goal scorers to spank Blainville Boisbriand 7-3. Xavier Fillion scored the eventual winner at 17.58 of the second period as the Quebec Rampart beat Bay Camel 3-2. Lorenzo Canna... Canonica set up three goals, including Vasily Ponomarov's eventual winner late in the second, and Shewinigan slipped past the Saganines 4-3, and Charles Tremblay scored his second goal of the night with 13 seconds to go in overtime as Sherbrooke halted its four-game slide by edging Rouen-Naranda 3-2. How come the names in the queue are so much more exciting and interesting than the dub? I know. I was on a Zoom call yesterday with Kyle Walker. Nothing wrong with Kyle Walker, but it's not Lorenzo Canonica. It's the Western Canada, yeah. Meat and potatoes. We are very meat and potatoes. Francesco LaPena. Made 35 saves. Maverick Lemaru yeah. had three assists. And I'm sitting here on a conference call with Roddy Ross. <laughs> That's not necessarily bad. Like, I'm, I'm really uh, interested in how the Pats, Regina Pats, God's team, fare. But these names are just unbelievable. Vasily Ponomarov. Sounds like you're in the circus. I know. So much more possessed. Showmanship. Schutzpa. Schutzpa, yeah. Canadians Brooke Henderson, Jacqueline Lee, and Elena Sharp have some ground to make up heading into the second round at the LPGA Drive-On Championship in Ocala, Florida. Henderson and Lee are both two over while Sharp is three over, putting all three well back of leaders Kelly Corda, Jennifer Kupko, and Austin Ernst, who are all five under. This sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. With the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest, visit today, dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, including the new Almond Mocha, RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RPSHOW. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. This is why I told Clark we really need to only have one guest per hour because I got all this stuff to get in. And I, uh, in a couple minutes' time, we're going to pass off to Swiss League Hockey here on Game Plus, but we'll keep going till the top of the hour on YouTube and Facebook Live. But we got all the business taken care yeah, of. That's now good. it's fun time. Yeah, now we can kick up and relax. It's good. It's interesting that the CFL really today is pausing for a day to recognize the life of Chris Schultz. The hockey world's doing the same for Walter Gretzky, and it was interesting that Darren Urban our guest from Glendale, Arizona, from the Cardinals, mm-hmm. rec- wanted to recognize Walter Gretzky. He said, my wife's Canadian. She's drank out of the Stanley Cup with the 80s Oilers. Sounded like there was a story there that I wasn't interested in delving into. <laughs> he went down it, and he's like, drank out of the cup, and that's all I really want to tell you yeah, about exactly. that story. He's from Edmonton. But that's cool that he's got that connection, too, and just you know wanted to make sure he got it in. A lot of people talking about your hair. Might be, well, <clears throat> Monty in Saskatoon says, Moose got a good haircut. Looks great, Moose. Thanks, Monty. Jeff in Winnipeg. Love it. CHL scores. Go junior hockey. As I said, we're not reinventing the real he- wheel here. This is uh, TSN from the early 90s. 
CHL scores, AHL scores, really worked for them. Oh, Built yeah. the network, and you don't see it anywhere else anymore. That's right. What else was I going to say here? Larry in Medicine Hat, now dupes, can ride in Rod's Jeep to make it more aerodynamic. What's the temperature got to be for me to get Big Bird out of the barn, do you think? Double digits? Yeah, I think it's got to reach double digits and no chance of it going back to snow, right? You don't want to have you don't want to have a dump of snow inside the Jeep, although you've had it rain inside of it. So oh it yeah, really lots. Matter. There's no windshield wipers on the thing. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, the uh, Big Bird, my 1975 Jeep CJ, will be making an appearance soon. I do believe that spring has sprung. Okay, Canada, have a great weekend. We're handing you over to Swiss League Hockey. And Clark tells me digitally we're still here. That's good. Still uh, on the road. Yeah, we're still here. We're here until the top of the hour. <clears throat> I, like I said, I got through all of the business stuff. There is one thing that I want to mention here. And before we go back to all the viewers, do we have another commercial? I still haven't quite figured this out how we're... Yes. We do have another one? Okay, we'll probably got five minutes to do that. My brother asked me if I would be talking about this on the show today, and frankly, a lot of other things came up. Here it is from CBC Saskatchewan, their story. The title is Junior Hockey Coaches Suspension for Inappropriate Texts, Emails to Player Not Made Public by the Team or League. So I know it is Flame Tech Football Friday, but we got a heck of a lot of business covered today in football. Let's talk about what also is topical here, okay? Yeah. Uh, the headline here, Coach for Fort Francis Lakers ordered to have no contact with players. You know how websites are now. There's freaking ads everywhere. I can't figure out where it starts and where it ends, you know? know? But anyways, the junior hockey player thought it was a little strange when his coach pressured him not to go home for Christmas. Although the player chalked it up to concerns about COVID-19 and being off the ice for too long, he soon came to believe there was another reason. In the two months he had been playing for Bernie Lynch in the small northwestern Ontario town of Fort Francis, the player's opinion of him had changed. At first, the 66-year-old Lynch, a hockey veteran with more than 40 years' experience, seemed knowledgeable, friendly, and generous. But lately the vibe had changed as Coach had complained about being lonely and depressed, begging the player to come to his apartment and seeking to monopolize his home. The nagging doubts crystallized over the Christmas holidays as Lynch began to text, email, and call the player with alarming frequency up to 50 messages in a single day, all unsolicited and unwanted. Sometimes he'd want to know what the player was doing and whom he was with. Goes on to, you should read the article. You can go to my Twitter feed, at Rod Peterson. It's in the link there. They've got screenshots of the texts from Bernie Lynch. He was obsessed with the player. He was stalking the player. He was, dare I say, sexually coming on to the player. And this was sent to me last night. It was been going around the hockey community like wildfire. Yeah. And... I don't know when Bernie Lynch first appeared on your radar, but I knew of him as the coach of the Regina Pats for parts of three seasons in the, in the late 80s. And incidentally, that's when I was in high school. 
I'm a little surprised that over the last 12 to 14 hours, we haven't had, or even people get in my face and say, Rod, you've been in the media for 30 years. How come you didn't report on this if you knew? And my thought on that is I know the players affected. I know them personally. And for years and years, those victims did not want to speak up. They did not want to step forward. And just as of this morning, I've got a lot of messages from players that have said, literally, keep me anonymous. I want nothing to do with this. But, you know, and that some players are ready to step forward because, and Chris Pollock, a hockey guy here in town, made a really good point. He said, this is something that the hockey community needs to be embarrassed about and ashamed of. That this guy's still coaching at the age of 66. This just now came to light in Ontario. And the, the topic, the, the theme of the CBC story is not about what the coach necessarily did. It's that, the, that this happened two months ago and the team in the league covered it all up. This is junior A hockey at a high level. Well, he was coaching the Regina Pats in the 80s. That's a long time ago, Darren. I know. It was right when you were born. But if those players, those victims, don't want to step up and say what happened to them, and I don't even know what the statute of limitations are for these things, this is how this stuff happens. It's not condoning it in any way. But my thing is, as a reporter for 30 years, even though I'd heard the rumors, what can I report if the victims aren't going to say something? And it's... You know, it's been hinted to me that they're going to say something now, that some guys are going to step forward. And frankly, I hope that they do. <laughs> what I think should happen to Bernie Lynch is I was like, my brothers and I had a text string going last night about it. And I said, you know, this should have happened to Bernie Lynch in the 80s. It's probably too late now. But what I think it is with those victims is they're saying he's still doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what the impetus will be for them to step forward now. Yeah, there's a major black eye on the hockey community, but I guess the fact that he's been asked to step away from the team and have no contact with the players, that's the worst of it for him? That's the worst that he's going to have to face for 30-plus years of alleged behavior like this? I say alleged because where are the other accusations? For any kids that are being abused right now, And I'll just speak of sport because this is a sports show. You need to step forward if this is going on, if this has gone on. Because this story came out today about Bernie, and now there's just an avalanche of reaction from people. And I think the first thing I thought of is why all of a sudden now? I know. It's tough. You know, he's coached all over Europe, coached all over, you know, Canada, um, and continues to get a job. and, And none of it's okay. And I understand why the league and teams would want to cover it up. I, like, I understand. You said that... You're right. Let's make this very clear. <coughs> you're not condoning it. Of course you're, not. You're saying you understand where why, they're coming from. I understand why they would do it. Because you said, you know, the <coughs> hockey guy in town said, this is an embarrassing an embarrassment for all of hockey. It's an embarrassing mark on hockey. And so I get it. You know, with the team and the league, you want to not have the embarrassment on your team for making that decision. You don't want to have the embarrassment in the league for having that guy in your league. And so it's like, look, it, we're not going to really put this out there publicly, but we want him out of our league really quietly, and maybe nobody will even remember he was here. Exactly. Right? But that's not okay either. You know, understand that, 
you know, we've made mistakes. You know, as a team, we made a mistake hiring this guy. As a league, we made a mistake bringing this guy in. But we're going to be part of the solution and finally get rid of him. Because although he's made mistakes, he's never learned and continues to make them and make them and make them and, and treat people awfully, you know, so, so terribly. There's no place in the world for this, let alone hockey. I heard more this morning than I've heard in the last 30 years. And I read some of the texts to you. It's worse than I thought. What I've been made aware of, but again, until somebody steps forward and wants to charge the guy, and what is the statute of limitations on these things, I don't know. Well, you read the article, which I have. You sent it to me um, last night, and you read the article, and you think, this is really, really creepy and really over the line. But from what I'm hearing and you know the conversations you and I have had and, and whatnot, that article is only scratching the surface. Oh, it's nothing. Of the article is nothing. What he's of guilty the... of in the article is harassment. That's it. End of story. Creepy and uncomfortable and wrong, but if that's the surface, I mean, it's so much worse than that. From the viewers, Greg Clevegard says the world has changed. It's much easier for the player to come forward now. I'd love to know how you have come to that conclusion, Greg, because we're talking about young hockey players who the coach holds their future in his hand. Mm -hmm. This is absolute abuse of power. And by the way, Bernie Lynch isn't the only one. Other figureheads abusing power. It's happening all over the place. But we're specifically talking about Bernie Lynch here. Wayne Grolo says it's unbelievable that he could still be coaching in any sports league. It is, but this is one thing that I... Figured out really early into the uh, getting into the restaurant industry. I mean, you're, you're trying to hire a manager and you're like, this guy was been stealing money from his last four jobs. How come you didn't tell me that when I called for a reference? Right. You've worked in the bar and restaurant industry. It happens all I, the time. I've dealt with people like that. <laughs> I'm like, how does this guy still have a job? Yeah. How do, it, why didn't you tell me this? Because then it happens at the new place and then you're like, yeah, well, we heard that happen at his old place. <laughs> Nobody told me. Nobody I said the guy thing. That's the same thing. In hockey, how does the guy keep getting hired? Why I, This is an underground thing that we all knew. How could have I have stepped forward and reported anything on Bernie Lynch just because I'd heard on rumor and innuendo? It is up to the victims who felt that their hockey future was in his hands, which it was. It's not any different now than it was then. Yeah, Clark's telling me to break and we will. Uh, Chris Bird in Toronto says, shame on the team. For the cover-up. From Joe Lazito, call me barbaric, but this coach deserves the death penalty. These kids will never be the same. I know some of the victims and that they're still bothered by it 30 years later. Absolutely no question. But they're the only ones that can speak to this. We will break and come back with more viewer takeover. Flame Tech uh, Football Friday continues. You're watching on YouTube, Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Oh, yeah. Say something. Now, 
Back to the studio with Rod. Okay, well, it's been a rough day uh, in the sports world. Rough 24 hours. Walter Gretzky passing. Uh, Chris Schultz passing. This story has come out about uh, Bernie Lynch, so there's a lot of thoughts there. Let's put a smile on everybody's face if we can. Let's get it going. We got about we got five plus minutes here for viewer takeover. Darren, we've taken care of all of the business here. Chris oh, yeah. Robinson says, any thoughts on the Kyle Van Noy situation with the Finns? Reports of releasing him a year after signing to a big deal, but they haven't technically released. Could they be pulling for Watson? Okay, well, I got a little bit of an idea here. They're, well, the Dolphins have too many quarterbacks as it is. Right, Ryan Fitzpatrick's still there. Tua's still there. Any deal for Watson would include Tua, you would think. Ooh. Well, I'm actually happy that I put on ESPN Get Up this morning. Not that this was breaking news today or anything, but every day this week, the report out of Houston has been the Houston Texans are not trading quarterback Deshaun Watson. Right. Period. So I don't know. Are we sitting here going, this is just fake news and they're making something up? Like, why, why are, are you saying people are trying to make a package deal to get Deshaun Watson and then it's the Miami Dolphins are the latest? I tend to go, I'd like to believe what I hear. I know, and they say, but like, the team, it's, it's interesting. It's about who has power, right? The team says, we're not trading him. Why would we trade him? He's under contract. We don't have to trade him. Deshaun, in, in the media, keeps reiterating, I'm not playing for this team. I don't want to play. So you're going to end up with a standoff. And who blinks first, mm-hmm. right? Who actually has the power? I don't have the answer. But who has the power? We'll find out. I don't know if Kyle Van Noy is part of that or not. Big deal. He signed a big deal. They, Maybe they're trying to free up some cap space. But it was like one year into like a 40 or $50 million contract. So it's not a, a, a cheap deal. Um, and he was good. He played a lot of different situations for them. Well, John in Edmonton says the Texans are just hiding something because they're scared to say anything. Jeff in Winnipeg says Houston Texans are a hot mess. Jeez. Did they, what do you mean they're scared to say anything? They're saying... We're not trading him. They got a new general manager. They've got a new head coach. They have walked into, what should I say? They're walking into downtown Baghdad after all the bombings going, where do we start? Here's where we start. We're going to rebuild that building, right? It's one step at a time for what they're doing. And they're saying, we're not trading our franchise cornerstone. And what did Brad Sham say? One week ago today, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys came on here and said, I don't think they're going to move him. The young man has a contract. It's unfortunate. And you know what this is probably heading to is a training camp holdover. This is what they're starting to say, by the way. How long into training camp does Deshaun Watson hold out? And how much time does he miss, which hurts timing with your receivers? How much does it hurt the offense? Because he's really digging his heels in, too. Well, and if that happens and and you end up having a slow start, you don't get into camp right away or you don't get into the into games and then you have a slow start, you don't have the timing and you put up poor numbers, then all of a sudden that devalues your next contract because you're not the same quarterback having the same results. It's a results driven league. So he needs to be prepared and needs to prove on the field that he's elite as well. It's interesting. 
from uh, Jason in Red Deer. He says, was Bernie Lynch in radio or TV? I recognize the name from somewhere. Or am I thinking of another person? You're thinking of John Lynch, <laughs> who was sitting in that chair an hour ago. Go read the article. It's His history is in the article. Yep. John says 97 days. John Kirby in Edmonton until the CFL home opener in Winnipeg. Well, well I think... Every other league's getting back to play. It's my commentary on Cat Country 98 today. All seven WHL East Division teams practicing today in the Brand Center. The NHL's humming. The Briar plays tonight. The Blue Jays play the Orioles this afternoon. My friend that works in it for a West Division team just said that. Like he believes that the CFL has to play because they literally have to play. My God, if they wipe out this season, right? With whatever thing else that's going on. I know. I know. How, just how bad does it look? And by the way, the person wrote in earlier, and I didn't get to it. I'd have to dig to find it. But they said, telethons and fundraisers are for hospitals, not sports franchises. I just wanted to throw that out there. I think if the CFL try, tried some sort of fundraiser for their own survival, I'd, uh, I don't know how well it would go. I don't know either. It becomes really difficult, right? I mean, they just have to play, have to find a way to play and you have to prepare like you're going to play and you have to have faith and believe and be optimistic that look at Dr. Bonnie Henry thinks in the summertime, they're going to have this post pandemic world. You know, we're hoping around here that we can start opening up and, and, you know, expanding our bubbles and things like that. You hope and you have to plan that look at preseason might not look very good, but we're going to get some fans in the stands. Do we have to limit it to that time? We're digital only. <laughs> we John, John says CEBL will be playing with or with fans, Rod, with or without. John, if you can't see the difference between that and the CFL, then I'm praying for you, brother. See you Monday. <laughs> you like me to shut up. He wants me to talk. How about that? For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.